Hello and welcome to the Wabi Sabi series podcast, unlikely conversations on uncomfortable topics. I'm your host, Michelle Cox, a corporate exec turned author who has recently written a series of books about topics we don't often talk about. Things like death, grief, not having kids, and the unexplained power doctors often wield over us. Apparently, some of my books have made some people feel a little uncomfortable, but I felt that I wanted to have far more conversations around weird, wonderful, and sometimes taboo topics. So I reached out to some interesting people and asked them just one question. If there is one topic that you'd love society to talk more about, what would it be and why? And what they've shared with me has been amazing. So let's dive in and see where the conversation takes us. There's listening and hearing. So you can listen to somebody or you can hear what they're saying. The interview this week is a treat. I've managed to coerce Julie and Fiona, the formidable duo from the fabulous podcast Art Wank, on the other side of the mic, which was no mean feat, let me tell you. Think Ab Fab for the art world and you'll picture these two fabulous women and what a fun time we had together. Now, Fiona Verity and Julie Nicholson are two comical, curious artists that came together to create a podcast featuring those in the art community. They talk about their own creative journey, as well as interviewing incredible artists, curators, gallery owners, teachers, and all the creatives they can find to guide them and learn more about how and why they do what they do. Cheekily named Artwank, the intent of the podcast is to expose the underbelly of the art world beyond the polished veneer and instead focus on the process and the practice of contemporary art, which I absolutely love. Originally both from the UK, Julie and Fiona have lived in Australia for more than 20 years and happened to live in my neck of the woods here in Avalon. So we luckily got to meet in person, which was just divine. They have both had really interesting careers before meeting through their love of art and starting this project together. They have interviewed more than 60 artists, creatives and curators since starting Artwank just over a year ago. Their aim is to inspire others to further their own art journeys. And I can say from the many episodes that I've listened to of theirs so far, the more I hear, the more confidence it gives me around approaching my creative endeavors with more playfulness and a little less expectation, as everyone does things differently, which is just a fabulous thing to kind of come to a realization, I guess. It's a thrill to be here with you both today, ladies. Just so looking forward to this chat. Welcome to the podcast. Thank, Thank you. you for having us. Thank you for having us on this cold day. It's yes. so toasty in here. So if there's one thing that you wish society would talk more about, what would it be? Fiona's word of the year it is... is- Listen. Listen, because Fiona struggles a bit with the listening, don't you, darling? I do, I do. So we thought actually that's a really good topic because uh, I think listening is a really awesome trait to have and a lot of people don't listen. And I think as you get older, you realise that listening is so important because it lets people talk more and, and think, and you can think, if you keep interrupting or keep talking about yourself... Um, you don't find out about other people's perspectives. And I think on a, on a grander scale, a global scale, countries aren't listening to each other 
And also my feeling is that not just listening, but enacting mm. on the listening, because all the answers are sort of there to be taken. Not all the answers, obviously, but, you know, there's a guide that people have for thousands of years gone through. You know, don't drink yourself to death. Don't take drugs. Be nice to everyone. Why do people not listen and enact on that? And then that makes me think that we're all on the path that we should be on because human beings, obviously, even with the right knowledge and the right moral values that has been shown to work, you know, that people have a great happiness and contentment in their life, people still don't listen and do it. And, you know, human beings aren't meant to be perfect and that we are all very flawed. Mm. And I think that's actually where we're all meant to be. So I think what's mm. even happening in the world is possibly what's meant to be because human beings are never seem to, to listen and enact Mm. On, on the listening. Wow, that's a um, fascinating concept. And I think it's underrated, right? I think that's probably your point is that, you know, everyone thinks listening, oh, that's not a big deal. But actually, it's so important. The word listen has come up for me. Lots of people do this, don't they? They give themselves an intention at the beginning of the year. And I am a bit of a scatterbrain, a creative, a, a deep thinker, but I am easily distracted. You probably... If, I was a child now would be diagnosed with all sorts of things, but I like to think of myself as a creative mind that's easily distracted. So I often get asked, are you listening? Because I do go off on my own little tangent. So yes, sometimes I'm not listening. But I think what when Julie and I were talking about this topic, it was more what I was thinking about more was there's listening and hearing. So you can listen to somebody or you can hear what they're saying. So there's this whole discussion about when you're listening to somebody, you're waiting to speak, so you're not actually listening. Mm. So that, so that, I guess that's hearing, okay? So you're waiting to say your thing. I have this <laughs> habit of saying, just thinking something and saying it. So, um, a lot of people would say that's not very appropriate for society. Mm. So I think, for me, I find it such a fascinating topic because mm. I think a lot of people and a lot of children perhaps in education, get dismissed or brushed aside as not being intelligent or academic or teachable because they are like me. So I've got a little quote here from the Dalai Lama, which I think is a really good one, which says, when you talk, you're only repeating what you already know, but when you listen, you may learn something new. Oh, I love it. Isn't that beautiful? So there's so many, when you really delve deep into this whole concept of listening there are so many amazing instances where you can really start to think about this listening and hearing concept and how recently Sinead O'Connor popped up in my podcast feed and that whole thing about she this is what sparked another conversation with Julie and I about listening was that she 25 30 years ago stood up in front of the world ripped up a photograph of the Pope to make a statement about child abuse within the church and did anyone listen? No, not really. So many things happen in this world where people are standing up and making huge right. and no statements, but nothing changes. That's right. And I think this is a conversation Julia and I have so frequently. Mm. And we're not saying we've got any answers. We're just perhaps throwing it out there that what can we do? 
that was your word for the start of the year. We're now six months in. Yes. How's it going for you? It's going good. What are the tips? Because if we can give people that are, re- you know, listening and they're resonating with what you're saying, which I'm sure everyone can learn and listen I think more. So, definitely. I think taking that on. What, what are the things that you do, you know, or, or you've observed yeah. as well? Julie, I think for Fiona, what's happened is that listening back to the podcast. Yes. So possibly just having that conscious think about a conversation you have with someone and thinking, did I actually let them speak? Did I really hear what they were saying? So, but obviously listening back to the podcast, Fiona's gone, oh, I did interrupt. Yeah. Same with me. God, I'm, I'm interrupt as well. And, you know, obviously being a pair doing our podcast, it's yeah. hard not to interrupt each other. We constantly interrupt each because other. Because we're, we're scared that she's not going to ask the next question. So I'll jump in so that we don't have like massive gaps. But yeah. actually it's funny, like Louis Theroux is, a, is an amazing interviewer because he let, he's very oh, quiet. Nice. The pregnant pause is underrated. Like yeah. you just leave it because people will say more. What's it called? Pregnant pause? Because you have to wait nine months. Yeah. Yeah. Mate. Such a good, such a good quote. Pregnant pause. Pregnant pause. Yeah, I think that's... A good that's, name for a painting. Yeah. I think that's the thing. And part of our charm, I like to think, in our approach to the podcast is there is two of us and the banter that goes between us and that British humour of joking, taking the mickey out of each other and making gags, essentially. But I do think that waiting and silence is okay waiting for somebody to answer and not thinking oh fuck i better say it for you if you have a topic burning inside you that you'd love to talk more about and have a conversation with me i'd love to hear from you so drop me a line at hello at wabisabiseries.com let's head back to the chat So we've referenced the podcast a few times. So your podcast is called Art Wank. Yes. It would be remiss of me to not, and I love, I've listened to so many of your episodes and you crack me up continuously. Where did the name come from? Well, yeah, down in Mona in Tasmania, the gallery, they have two sort of um, art statements with most pieces. And one is a normal language, um, everyone can access it. Yeah, explanation. But then they also have an art wank, which is the really highfalutin, very hard language to understand. And then we got the idea from there because it was art wank. And we also wanted to break down a few barriers. You know, fuck, I, 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 do, I don't even know there is such a thing as an art establishment. Maybe we all make it up in our heads. I don't even know if it exists, but there's definitely a feeling out there that, you know, it, that it's beyond people. And as emerging artists, we wanted to find out how you get there, you know. So Wherever there is. That's yeah. right. And you we never were, get there. We wanted that's to thing, right? listen to other people how they got there and listen to people. And I find, suppose... Yeah, find out how we can get wherever there is. Yeah, we want to emerge. You yeah. know, there are lots of artists who don't emerge and that's okay. But we're really hungry and we're very excited about working in the arts industry but we don't see that it has to be one pathway so we want to cut out the wank and we're loving it we are absolutely loving it and i'm a big believer that i just don't understand why you'd make something inaccessible to most people there's a poet in england that went to oxford and she refused to use highfalutin language she knew it all and she understood it all but she only used very common parlance of what people understand. Mm. And I love that. I love the fact that she turned her back on that. She, Of course she can do it, 
But, you know, who are you trying to talk to? What, 1%? Yeah. people like we we want to be able to for people to listen of all and that's why we interview emerging artists mm. established artists huge galleries ken doan the other day like everyone's got a story if you listen to them and we love conversations like one of my favorite things honestly in the world more than most things is to converse with people and to find out like even if you go to the shops and have a chat with someone <clears throat> It makes your day. Like, it's really important, I think, to... Um, yeah, and we think that's what art is. Art is telling a story, and it doesn't matter whether you're doing it through painting, drawing, poetry, theatre, ceramics, whatever it is, you're telling a story. So we wanted to know more about those stories without the waffle and why do you have to have a PhD in... I don't know. Wank. Wank. In order in order to translate it. When I go to a gallery, I read the children's explanation sometimes. Oh, I love it. Yeah. Because it gets to the bloody point. Yeah. Yeah. And actually I don't even want to read anything. We yeah. have a artist that we know, Pamela. God love Pamela. Love Pam. She doesn't read anything. She just says she goes to a show, she just wants to take in the art mm-hmm. and enjoy enjoy that listen to the art yeah and i think what you're doing is to your point about making it more accessible for the masses in a sense and but it it gives people like me who i had never classed myself as you know really a creative or an artist in that sense but listening to those stories and hearing some of those you know people on different you know journeys and different uh, career trajectories i guess and how they started out or what they learned from and it's fabulous it's really good but it gives me the confidence right as well and that's that's exactly what we want that's exactly what we want we started out on this journey going well if we want these things and we're getting buoyed and encouraged and we go back to our studios after an interview with a fire in our belly going oh yeah i really want to work today then if we can take other people along on that journey and we're getting amazing comments and some of them interestingly one of the comments on the review section of our podcast said that i need to listen more which i thought was brilliant absolutely <laughs> especially brilliant. fiona so they we're going to get some t-shirts we're getting made. t-shirts made art wank you need to listen <laughs> two stars it's a listen more. I want to make merchandise for the podcast, but, you know, Julie's like, no, landfill, which I totally respect. But Ken Doan told us the other day that we need to make T-shirts. Well, there you go. So, yeah, we're going to get some, we're going to get the worst reviews and put them on T-shirts. Oh, I yeah. love that. Oh, that's brilliant. <laughs> especially, yeah. be quiet, especially Fiona. <laughs> but that, that, saying that, I have felt... You know when you get a negative comment, say, I don't see that necessarily as negative, but... The way I try and look at life is I listen to that comment and rather than going and hiding in my cave and licking my paws and going, oh, that person doesn't like me, I've gone, okay, you're right. And I've tried really hard. And when I asked Ken Doan a question the other day and he said, that's a very good question, which as a podcaster is probably the best thing anyone could ever say. I was there going, oh, I love you, Ken. And I I wanted to jump in because he didn't answer, he didn't answer, he didn't answer. And I'm thinking... Hold back, hold back. The good thing good. was though about Ken Doan is that he just talked over the top of you. 
You'd met about your match. 10 times. You'd met your match. I was like, good on you, Ken. I was like, don't interrupt Fiona. And he was just, he goes, I'll get back to the question. I was like, brilliant. <laughs> That's great. So, I mean, so you're obviously learning little tips and tricks then. So it must be in the back of your mind, you know, always thinking about that, you know, to point, hold yourself back. But I think your feedback there around getting negative feedback is really relevant. And because we all get that, obviously, in our art, yeah. you know, and our, what we're creating and making, it's a tough gig. You know, people have a real opinion and don't realise how hurtful it is that you've made something with blood, sweat and tears and sometimes spent hours on a piece and someone has some negative thing about it. You're like, oh, it's a gut-wrenching. You can have 500 great reviews and one negative. I've read that, lots of pop stars and and actors, and the one negative is what brings them down. And they've had 500 amazing. I think it's human nature, isn't it? It is human nature. But also I do think that we're living now in a world which is so revealing you can't do anything without somebody having an opinion or voicing an opinion or writing some negative comment and Mm. if you wouldn't say that to my face why would you type it kind of thing so I'd be scared of me (laughs) but I I think you, you don't have to read it who cares who likes your art or not if you're loving what you're doing and you're being subjective and trying to really get better but I guess if you're trying to make a living out of it, you need some people to like it. Oh, God, yes, absolutely. Sell. But everyone's entitled to their opinion. And but I guess if you are selling pieces. So for the two of us, when we go and interview an artist, I might absolutely be pissing my pants, love, 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 this work, and Jill's being all the other way around. But interestingly, sometimes the people that we're like, mm, your work's okay, because that's our taste. We're not saying whether you're good or not. We might think they're okay, and then we come out and we go, oh, my God, love, love, love that work now. Because it's been explained a bit more. Gotcha. So yeah. as much as we say you don't want to read the art wank, sometimes you do need to hear a bit more about the story or understand it or understand their methods and techniques and get a bit more inside knowledge. Mm-hmm. And you might completely fall in love with that person's space. And it, it's a layered story. Mm-hmm. So you've got to listen on many levels. Yeah, I think that's it. And I think the key element around listening, especially when you're, it's not just like what we do in, t- in terms of interviewing people and trying to draw stuff out. It's everyday interactions. And, you know, it's with your kids trying to listen more rather than dissect and provide, you know, feedback and trying to educate them all the time. It's actually just genuinely listening to that's what right. they're saying. Because well, I've learned this, I think, over the years is that when people ask for advice they really don't want advice they want you to listen and it's so easy when someone's like oh I don't know what to do and you're like you want to be the fixer oh you should do this oh my god it's amazing and I'm very guilty of that whereas I've learned to sometimes just be quiet and listen because when people listen to me after you finish talking you formulated your answer you just needed to rebound it off someone you've already come up with your own solution it's a really good point and I think that Talking it out loud sometimes makes it real because you do work in your head. That's what people say about journaling. I've never been a great journaler. wish I was. But I do find if I have to, I am more of a talker. I would talk it out with someone. But it definitely helps, doesn't it? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think so. Well, problem shared is a problem halved. Is that solved? Solved? Halved? Half and solved. Yeah, something. Something along those lines. (laughs) But it does, and that's all advice from psychologists with regards to anxiety. If you say it out loud, it won't be as scary. But the other element I think that's really interesting is one about being a fixer is the other one of, you know, when people are, it's, 
and I think it's just a human nature element about association. So you talk about something and it might be pretty gruesome or it might be amazing. And then the person's always jumping in. Oh yeah, but, and me, and I, you know, bring it back to their story and you're like, what the, like, I'm trying to tell you something to share. And they're like, oh yeah, but I did this or my friend's pregnant or my dad's got cancer or whatever. And it's incredibly frustrating. So I think again, trying to be conscious of that um, when you are talking to someone to not have the association to, you know, because we like to have the connection element and I get why we do that as humans, but it's important to let the person have their story and the light in that element and then maybe associate a little bit. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. Well, that's you're listening to respond as opposed to listening to that person, I think. Yeah. yeah, that drives me up the bloody wall. That's when I get creative. That's when I start saying silly things. Well, don't you remember we interviewed a girl the other day, it was brilliant. She said how that when she goes to buy objects to paint, she goes into character. Oh, that's right. I thought this is absolutely yeah, she brilliant. goes into a shop, right? And she goes, I'm gonna be an 80s housewife called Margot, <laughs> who has a husband and three kids at home or whatever. And she goes into the shop and buys stuff that Margot would buy. buy. She's not herself, she's Margot. (laughs) And so so why though? So to get into the zone? To to get into a a character. And then she buys the stuff for still life to paint. She paints a still life as if it's painting (laughs) for Margot. I thought it was brilliant. I said, do you actually talk in a different voice and wigs and all that? And she's like, no, but I like that. But that's cool though, to to really embrace the character and and to get that sense. And then it's more authentic, I guess. Yeah, it's just a bit of fun, I suppose. Yeah, I like the idea. A mate of mine does that um, with her inner critic. She gives the inner critic a name. She she knows exactly what, you know, uh, what's her name? Deirdre or something, what she looks like, you know, has this whole kind of persona. And when Deirdre's there, she'll like ring up and go, I've got a job interview tomorrow. Can you take Deirdre for a cocktail? I need you to, you know, take her away. And we're like, okay, righto, we've got her. We're going to do this. You know, it just like seems mental, but it helps her through that whole process. That's, yes. I think, do you, Isn't that fabulous? I yeah. have a name for the my inner voice. It's called the irritating flatmate. He's that, it's a he. person who never bought toilet paper or toothpaste. And, you know, it's just a real knob. That's that voice in my head that really drives me nuts, that puts me down and doubts me. And so I'm like, no. What do you do with him? I tell him to go away. I'm not listening to you. Shut the door in his face. It's good. Well, I think there's something to be said, and I think there's some actually research around that now, around actually literally giving the character, because we've all got it, and, uh, you know, like a real persona, and it helps you to sort of visualise and say. Yeah. I even did a whole load of illustrations. I drew the irritating flatmate. Did you? That's a worry, isn't it? Well, my daughter's got uh, (laughs) motor tics, and we went to see a psychologist who... She made her draw a character of the motor tick. She called it Boss Baby and it was an elephant. And she said she had to talk to Boss Baby and boss it away. So again, it's obviously very clinical that you visualise something. Um, Well, it's all easier when you visualise something and personify and it's not in your head. It becomes real. You want to look at all the stuff that's causing you issues in your life, you've, you've got to look at it in the face. And maybe that's what it is. You're actually acknowledging it and looking at it as a mm. real thing, giving it a name. And I, that's what we do with our paintings. Julie and I paint in a way that we don't work from photos. We Julie paints pure abstraction, so everything comes out of her. It's It all builds and there's layers and it comes and it goes and it pushes and it pulls. I work from the landscape, so I've got something to base it on. So it's that whole dialogue that's constantly... So we're having to listen to ourselves and have this conversation 
constantly with an artwork where you're trying to resolve it. And I think ever since I painted like that, it's that whole intenseness that you experience of... That sounds exhausting to it me. It is. <laughs> it is exhausting, but it's such a buzz. But that's really interesting. It's a buzz. Who taught you that, though? Like, where did that come from, for someone to explain that, or did you just find that on your kind well, of journey? We've of worked art, with art. a couple of different artists who have... Explained it like that? Yeah, like well, that. we go to the art class at Willoughby Art Centre and the teacher there, Judith White, who we interviewed recently, has really opened our eyes to all that stuff. She's amazing. She really yeah. is. Well, so we've been entering art prizes. Julie's just won one. Oh, my goodness. Go, Julie. Thanks. Go, Julie. Congratulations. I, I oh, was, sorry, hang on. What's the art prize? It was the Hewitt Gallery Art Prize at Willoughby Art Centre. Oh, uh, no, for paint. I first got, in first painting. painting. That's fantastic. Is that your first art prize? I've been a finalist in a few, but yes, I've never That's her first win. I think I was more excited than she was. Yeah, well done. Well, the good thing about the podcast, I think, is that, you know, it's based on friendship. It won't last, Michelle. But anyway, at the moment, so it's based on friendship. (laughs) But I think that's really important. Is that my cue to leave? (laughs) Off your pop, love. But it's really important, and I would would relish the friendship more than anything that, you know, either of us achieve. Definitely. You know, it's not really about that. So, and also, we've become our listening boards. Yes, because we constantly phone each other, just going, you know, just about the little bits and bobs about painting. What do you think about this? And we ask artists a lot, like, who do you talk to? It's a really good point, and that's yeah. like the fact that you do have each other. So, I help a lot of people in business in that regard because yeah. you know, having your own company in business is really lonely. Yeah. And so, we have a couple of networking groups of women in business that bounce off each other and we talk, you know, in-depth things about numbers, you know, dramas that we're having, any problems, like we bounce that off each other. It's the real, you know, dirty laundry of your business that you can share with an inner group. And I think as artists, I think that's a really good point because I've sort of found, you know, with my kind of artistic journey through being a ceramicist, I mean, I'm just so open about it because I'm such a beginner. So I, I'm okay. I'm like, I don't know how to do this. Can I ask you? Yes. And But taking that approach is very different to what I would normally do in any business thing. I would never be like that. The thing that we've learned the most in the last uh, 16 months doing the podcast is that the most important thing you can do to get on in a creative career is to ask. I reckon that's yeah. number one. I do the new, try and do a newsletter every month. And I am doing it softly. And the number one thing, we do five things we've learned this month, every month, ask, just ask. Mm. If you want to be with a gallery, be professional, get your work together and go in and arrange, ask. If you want to find out about a technique, go and ask yeah you know it comes up over and over again so it's so connected to listening isn't it I was gonna say it's quite funny going full circle I was really quite awkward as a child I didn't I had was a bit overly emotional which burst into tears the whole time which was a concern and and I was frightened of my own shadow and then people who meet me as an adult who knew me as a child don't believe it's the same person which I always think is interesting in the sense of I was so scared to ask anybody anything now I would go up to the Queen and ask her where she got her handbag from. It's bizarre. It's mm. like... What it's, changed? I don't know. Confidence. But how? You didn't just get confidence overnight. Did you have a mentor or someone that believed in you? Or I just think as I've grown older, I think I've believed in myself more. I think I'm living in Australia. I think Australians are really confident people. 
Australian children are way more confident than others in the world. I don't know why, but I really think that they are. I think there's a, it's a outward approach of Australians. They're kind of happy, uplifted people generally, I find. They're happy to give it a go. Yeah, I think that the whole underdog and, you know, the fact that uh, the British colony had put us down for so long. <laughs> yes, that's true, <laughs> I suppose. Swinging, you know, right? Yeah, maybe it's the bubble that we live in. Yeah. But I, see, I am terrible at um, asking for things. So I can't phone anyone that I don't know unless it's like Telstra. I really, really freak out. I really don't but like it. that's where it. we're a good team because so I we're don't a good give team, a shit. She doesn't care. But and what then, do you think is going to happen to you? Well, exactly. No, it's fr- I mean, I've done it a few times and it's just gone bad and I've, I hate it. And I don't know whether it's the from one time that I rang life. someone I at the like supermarket. I'm bothering them. My husband can ring anyone for anything. And I f- I'm going, well, why would do you think they want to be called? Like, isn't that a bit presumptuous? Like, what are you asking them for? I, I find it really. And when in the podcast we've asked people, I said, how did you get into that? They go, I just asked them. I'm like, what? <laughs> Because Richard Branson, when I read his book, I was like, it's, isn't that funny? Like, I'm not scared of pretty much anything. I'm very scared of asking people for stuff that that they might not want to do. Or so, I'm really scared of it. It's funny that whole, um, actually, there was a guy, wasn't it, that um, went on this whole, embarked on this whole kind of journey around rejection. And so he made himself be rejected like every single day or something for a year and to, just to get over it. And um, and then the end of the story, it's a fabulous, um, I think he did a TED Talk or a YouTube video or something, and what all the different random things that he asked, like, you know, to go in a police car and, and to drive a police car and then to play on uh, his mad soccer nut, to play, you know, on one of the major teams or something. And most of the things that he asked, you get to the end, he actually they said yes, the most random things, but he was doing it to prepare himself for, for rejection. And I think it's one of the elements that we, and especially again back to the artistry thing, is I'm kind of learning to let go. And that was the whole thing about wabi-sabi because I've been an A-type all my life to go imperfection, it, you know, I need to let that go, but also around like what's the worst that could happen? Yeah. Like they just say no, who just gives a shit? I will do it if I have to, but if I worked in a call centre when I was at university in Wales, and um, that's probably why then. It's Maybe probably it shell shocked you. I think it shot, but it was funny. I was on the team where you had to phone business. I was totally fine. I could phone a business. I could phone a business now and it's say, "Would personal. you like a phone?" It's not personal. Mm. It's not me. Mm. This is this is what we did. Well, then long story. And then I came back and did a different job at the call centre, and I had to phone people. Your average person and try and sell them a phone. I just I hated it. Back to your artist yeah. that dresses, gets in the persona yeah. to buy her stuff. If you have to ring someone for something, create a persona. Yes. There you go. Righto, on that Thank note, you, I'm going to through. Save me hundreds in therapy. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's a great, you know, that just get into some idea. other persona. Definitely. Just going to get a Ladies, week. <laughs> so I want to finish up. We're, uh, I knew we'd um, struggle to, uh, you know, rein all this in with us. So many fabulous ideas and discussions. So it's just been gorgeous to chat to you today. If there's one thing to leave everyone with about the listing element, what would it be? I think that it's just listen more, just be conscious of We're going to rewrite the, rewrite the Nike logo with just listen instead of <laughs> just do it. Love it. Yeah. Love it. Just, just listen. listen. Oh, oh shh. Shush. Shh. Be quiet. That's she enough. does that to me all the time. I love it. Shh. Yeah. No, I have to. Yeah. <laughs> Control. 
Oh, oh delayed. God. Yeah, maybe it is. Beautiful. Yeah. There we are. That's Thank the perfect Thank you for having one. us, Michelle. Just Thank gorgeous. You, Michelle. Thank you both. <laughs> Thank you. If you'd like to learn more about today's guest, you'll find all the show notes and interesting links on our website, wabisabiseries.com. If you'd like to hear more unexpected conversations, please subscribe to the series, follow us on our socials, or grab one of my books. And if you're in a generous mood, I'd love you to share the episode, or maybe even rate, review, and comment on the series. It really does make a difference. Until next time, be sure to claim your own piece of wabi-sabi and walk proud in your perfect imperfection.